Kitty came to his office to thank him. Sweet of you, Uncle Charles. But of course you don't mind my going to Newham now that you're not at St. Swithin's. Isn't that it? Not altogether. Besides, I hope I'll be back there soon. You mean you haven't taken this on as a life work? Good heavens, no. I hear you're dismissing everybody. Not everybody. And nobody wants to buy Stoughton. That doesn't surprise me. Where do you live? In a little apartment near the British Museum. How appropriate. Can I visit you there? You wouldn't find me in. I work late most evenings. Won't you take me to lunch? I was just going to ask you, but there's no taking. We have it here on my desk, and it's pretty bad, though not so bad as it used to be. She chatted on about her personal affairs, the new and smaller house Jill and she had had to move into, a little suburban villa at Hendon with only one maid. And there's a house further along the road where a little man kisses his wife on the doorstep every morning at three minutes past eight and comes running past our house to catch the eight-seven, just like you read about in the comic papers. I'm glad you live so near a station. It must be very convenient. I know you think I'm a snob. Not exactly. Then what? I'm not quite certain. You mean you haven't made up your mind? That would be too flattering to your sense of importance. I believe you do think about me sometimes. Obviously. That's why it occurred to me you might go to college. Uncle Charles, what's going to happen to everybody, whether they go to college or not? I don't think I know what you mean. I get terribly upset thinking about it sometimes. The little man who runs for the train every day. I'm not really a snob about him. I think he's wonderful. And it's beautiful the way you can always tell the time by him, and the way he always catches the train. At least I hope he does, in case somebody like you goes around his firm dismissing everyone who's late. Oh, but what's going to happen, Uncle Charles, eventually? You mean, will he stop running? Yes, or will the train stop running, or will he stop kissing his wife, or will you stop being able to dismiss people? I don't know. It all seems so fragile, the least touch. I've had that feeling. Oh, you have? Then, pleadingly... Don't make a joke about too much to drink or lobster for supper. Please don't make a joke. I wasn't going to. There isn't any joke. She said somberly. I know that too, and, and I'm only seventeen. A tap came at the door, and a young man entered with a sheaf of papers. When he had gone, Charles scanned them through, then apologized perfunctorily for having done so. But you see, Kitty, I'm terribly busy. Perhaps I'd better leave you to it, then. If you wouldn't mind, he smiled, escorting her to the door and saying as she left him, I'm really glad you're going to Newnham. Write to me when you're there and tell me what it's like. Then he went back to his desk. The papers included a list of names, over a hundred, of employees who would have to go that week. He glanced down the list, initialed his approval of it, and passed on to another job. But what would happen to them? And yet, on the other hand, what else could he do?